You're listening to audio from The House, located in Kelowna, B.C. If you'd like to check out more resources, please visit us at thehouseonline.ca. Some uh, familiar faces on the video there, sharing some of their thoughts on generosity, which is a topic we want to look at, just as a, just a kind of some context, the inspiration for the series that we're doing, uh, this, this idea of traveling light by packing just the essentials. And uh, could it be that we're so distracted with all of our baggage and all the things going on that it makes it hard for us to be in the moment and, and, uh, and to journey well? And so in the metaphor that we're using, the suitcase represents our heart, which is the center of our, our priorities and our values and our convictions and our beliefs and uh, the things that, that we hold dear. And uh, the journey that we're packing for is the life that God has called us to live. And so the question uh, that we want to pose and, uh, and look at each week is to ask, what's essential for the journey that God has called us to walk out? And uh, today I want to propose that generosity is an essential element of our faith in Jesus. And uh, perhaps more than any other period in history, we live in a materialistic, self-absorbed, self-affirming culture where the pursuits of ourselves and pleasure, hedonism, and uh, those kinds of things is is perhaps higher than it's ever been. And uh, generosity is an essential component of our faith because it models who Jesus is. A number of people in the video from our own community would have indicated that very same thing, that we're generous because Jesus is generous, that he modeled it, that he shows the way. Everything about Jesus flows out of his generous love for us. And as followers of Jesus, we're called to practice generosity in all areas of our life. We can be generous by sharing things like our time, uh, sharing our priorities, our attention, our affections, with people. We can be generous in sharing encouragement and care and concern and empathy. Uh, we can be generous by sharing our spiritual gifts and, and, uh, and things that the, that the Lord has done and shown us and given us. And for the scope of what I can cover in one message, I'm going to try to focus on generosity when it comes to our finances. Now, I'm always hesitant to speak about money because I don't like being the stereotype that the, the only thing the church wants is your money. And so if you're here today and maybe you don't come to church very often and maybe you're a little bit skeptical because all you think about or all you think is that the, the only thing the church ever says is that they want your money. I am here to make all of your wildest dreams come true this morning, okay? Um, so we are gonna look at this because it is a relevant topic to us in our culture and ideas of materialism, ideas of finances and things and generosity in the Lord and how all those things intersect is actually a fairly relevant topic for us. And um, I know that this topic hits a nerve for, for some people, but it's important for us to look at. So it's my pastoral conviction that generosity is a crucial marker of spiritual maturity in our lives. I would go so far as to say that the level by which you practice generosity is an indicator of how much of your heart or the level of spiritual transformation has happened in your life, that Jesus has kind of gotten a hold of your life. There's a parallel between the two. There's there's something that we can draw. There's a comparison that fits fairly well. And it's worth mentioning that Jesus talks about financial matters more than uh, all other subjects. 16 of the 38 uh, parables in the Gospels 
are about money and possessions. There are 288 direct references to money and finances in the Gospels. One out of every 10 verses in the Gospels uh, addresses this issue. And the Bible contains over 2,000 verses on how we handle our money and our possessions. There's far more teaching on this than prayer. There's far more teaching on this than faith or even our sexuality, all these things that we think are highly important subjects, and they are. There's more teaching. It, It appears to be a bigger issue in Scripture. Finances and money and materialism and all these things is a, is a, is a very high priority. And I think that Jesus makes such a big deal out of money for one reason. Because we make such a big deal out of money. I think this is one of the areas of our life that we draw too much meaning, significance, purpose, value, self-worth, our identity, um, the motives of our heart. So much of what we do, who we are, how we live is, is built around this theme of the pursuit of things for this world, of finances, riches, and materialism, and all those kinds of themes. We make a big deal out of money. And I think Jesus wants to bring that within submission and wants to bring it within his lordship. And so it's a concern and it's a big issue to the Christian faith. And so generosity is actually easier than it seems. I was extremely generous with some thieves a few weeks ago. Uh, I pulled up to the office one morning just after the Christmas break and uh, noticed that one of the compartments on the camper was kind of hanging open. And... um, we use that for an office when it's in the warmer months, and uh, we're going to start using it for kids' ministry on Sunday mornings. Our, our kids' ministry in the first service is growing, and we need more room, and we're just about to launch into starting a, the older kids in there. And uh, I noticed that the, 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 some, some access panels were pried open. So I took a closer look and found that somebody had gained access to the trailer or the camper. They looked like they'd been living in there for a little while. There was some vandalism and some damage. There were, everything had been rummaged through and gone through, everything of value, stuff had been stolen out of it. Went outside, all of this stuff had been pried open and broke open and, uh, and had been emptied out. And um, they, 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 they took the fire pit, the propane fire pit, all the roasting sticks, the, atch, the axe, the hatchet, uh, the hammock, the fishing rods, the tackle box, the lawn chairs. They even stole the $15 Yisk camping mat that went in front of the door. And uh, they, just, they just emptied every single thing that was in there. I had a toolbox. Man, I worked hard. I set up this most amazing toolbox for that place. And uh, probably three or $400 worth of stuff in there, and it was gone. And the only thing they left behind was the septic hose. Uh, those thieving, you know, uh, and... and in the end, there's over, probably over $2,000 where the stuff is gone, not to mention the damage and the inconvenience of dealing with it all. Man, I was so mad. Oh, it just got under my skin. I was like, it just, like some punk comes up here in the middle of the night and steals my kid's pink fishing rods. Like, what, what are you even gonna do with that? Are you gonna take it to the pawn shop and get like 25 cents? I, I don't even know what, it just... It angered me. It got under my skin. It was there. It was like digging in. And I go to bed at night 
And I'd be thinking about it. I wake up in the morning, I think about it. I'd pull up to the office in the morning, I'd park next to the trailer, and I'd think about it. And I'd be in here writing sermons about God's goodness, and I'd think about it. I was angry, I was mad, and it's like, ugh. And um, I was mad at myself for not taking better steps to secure it. And I was worked up about all the stuff I paid and all the investment and all the, and it just, it just, the cycle. And I just, I realized, you know what? It was distracting me and getting way too much bandwidth in my life. Like it was, it was like creeping to the top of my attention span and the things I was thinking about. It was taking way too much space in my heart. And I knew I just had to like let it go. I just, it was gone and I felt violated and I felt victimized and I was mad and there's gonna be an expense, but I just had to let it go. And so I'm happy to say that if you don't ask me about it, I'm okay, all right? And uh, I'm dealing with it. But I realized that we, we make material things more important. It gets more bandwidth, more space in our hard drive than it should. And we become focused on it. We draw too much meaning and significance and purpose and value from all of these things when there are so many more important things and significant things that we can be concerned with. We get into trouble when we make material things more important than they are. I think that's really smart and wise. So you can tweet that, you can write that down. We get into trouble when we make material things more important than they are. How you and I handle our finances is a direct indicator of how the kingdom of God has invaded our heart. Practicing a spirit of generosity is like packing a master key in your suitcase. It has the ability to open doors to new dimensions and new experiences that otherwise would remain locked. When you're on the journey, when you're living a life of faith and you're finding God and you're following God and you're becoming and expressing who God is and all that in your life, when you're on that journey, so much more can be unlocked and opened and accessed and tapped into through generosity. Generosity opens the door to share God's love. 1 John 3, 16, 18, great couple of verses, I think are very self-explanatory, don't need a lot of expansion and, and, and pompous, you know, kind of teaching on and, and expounding on. Um, this is what it says, we know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? These verses are just so clear. We are generous. We care because Jesus is generous with us because he showed us his love. And if we have God's love in us and he's blessed us and he's given us something we are to share and help and generosity is a very practical way to show God's love. And we do it because Jesus is generous with us. I can tell you from personal experience that taking a single mom to Costco or Superstore and filling up her cart with whatever grocery she wants and paying for it is a tremendous experience and it's something all of us should do once in a while. And when you tell her that she's loved and she's important, I guarantee you it will be a significant moment for both of you. 
Acts 10.35, Jesus is quoted as saying, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And we heard people say that on a video, people from our community that expressed what it means to be generous and, and the gratitude and all that comes back where there's an experience, there's a connection, there's, there's something. Do you know why? Because generosity is opening the door to participate in something in the kingdom. There are many ways we can be generous. Small things that we can do that have a big impact. Being generous is along the principle of sowing and reaping. Now we know this, we know that the kingdom of God comes like a seed. And we know from scripture, the scriptural and the, the parables and the teachings of, of the New Testament with Jesus is that when we give up, when the seed falls to the ground, it dies, it falls to the ground, it goes in the earth, it grows and it does something, it multiplies. And what we see is that the kingdom of God comes as a small seed. And when we can invest and we can give things over into people's lives, we can plant generosity into people's lives, that one seed can grow a hundredfold. And so small significant things on your part when it comes to being generous have a very large significant impact in the lives of other people because there is a principle of participating and working within the kingdom of God. It opens something up. It unlocks something in the heavenlies. It's an important principle and it is a, an effective way to communicate God's heart. It's a profound way, an easy way to show people that Jesus loves them. Another key area of generosity that I wanna look at is this idea that generosity sets us free. Matthew 19 tells us about the rich young man who's on a quest for a deeper spiritual encounter. He comes to Jesus and he says he's done everything right, but still he lacks peace and connection with God. And Jesus says, you, you still lack one thing. Sell all you have and give the money to the poor. And Matthew 19, 22 reads this. It says, but when the young man heard this, he went away sad, for he had many possessions. The young man is on the cusp of a significant spiritual encounter. He's disciplined, he's motivated, he's seeking God, he's working hard, he's investing, he's done everything right, except surrender his finances over to Jesus. Money and material possessions have such a hold on this young man that it prevents him and blocks him from experiencing the kingdom of God. The pursuit of material things steals our focus, hinders us from experiencing the full life in Jesus. The love of money puts chains on our life. This young man had chains on his life. And when Jesus came into contact with that, and Jesus said, I, wanna, I want you to surrender this. I want, you to, I want you to let go of this. He held on to it. He was in chains. And it brought a block in his life. Matthew 6, 24 says, No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Now, it's important to know that in, in, the, in the Greek, the, the wording used for money here is translated as mammon. 
And mammon is used a total of four times in the New Testament. And in each time, it speaks of something more than just the, like money itself. It speaks of the role and the impact and the place and the priority that money has in a person's life. In Greek mythology, mammon is known as a god of material things. And the Greeks took this from beliefs traced back to the Middle Ages, where mammon was known as the demon of wealth and greed. In both uses, mammon is personified as an evil deity who gains control of people with the lure of wealth and riches. And the New Testament use of the word equates it to gluttony, excessive materialism, selfish greed, unjustly world gain. The love of money is the spirit of mammon, and it has the power to control us. And Jesus goes so far to say that it wants to become our master. There is a very real, real spiritual battle over who controls your wallet, over who, who has access to this. Who's got, who's got control over this? You see, the reason Jesus wants control of your wallet is because how you use this and how tightly you hold on to this and what the value is for this and what this makes up of your life is an indicator of your heart. Jesus wants control of your wallet because it's evidence that he has control of your heart. For where your treasure is, there also is your heart. And we live a life where we either make the, the discipline and the focus and the purpose of our life to store up treasures in heaven or to store up treasures here on earth. And what we do and how we surrender this has a significant impact on our spiritual life. And Jesus wants our heart that's why he's concerned with our wallet. The best way to be free from the control of the spirit of mammon is to give Jesus over our finances. I would go so far to say you cannot walk in freedom and participate in the fullness of God's kingdom unless he has access to your wallet. You know, every single time you practice generosity, you're declaring the spirit of mammon has no control over your life. Generosity is a declaration that Jesus is your master. Generosity is a declaration that your hope and your trust and your purpose is in him and in his kingdom. Not in your things, not in the ambitions of your life. Generosity sets us free. This is a significant spiritual principle that we are to live by. Um, as we close, I want to look at this idea that generosity opens the door to kingdom participation. I'm going to invite the band to come, and uh, we're going to get ready to close in just a minute. Um, I want to close this morning by saying generosity is a practical way to participate and join in the work of God's kingdom. I'd say thank you so much for your faithful giving here at the house. 
And from time to time, you will hear us say um, that we are better together. It's one of our taglines that we use, that we're better together. And our finances are one of the ways this is true. We can't be here without your generosity. We cannot, we cannot be here in ministry every week and uh, doing the, 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 the ministries and the outreach and the discipleship and touching people's lives. We can't be here on Sundays. We, we can't do any of it without the generosity and the partnership of God's people. And so we would say thank you for your incredible generosity. You help us in our mission, and together we're able to have a role in God's kingdom as a community that God has called us and set us into motion, and we have a role in God's kingdom. We have a role in, in eternity and eternal significance in Kelowna and the valley. We have people who are come a part of us. They're from Penticton and further south. They're a part of us from uh, Vernon and Salmon Arm and uh, Falkland and communities all around. And they come, and some of them on Sunday night, some of them on Sunday morning, they're a part of us. They're a part of our community. And we get to have a role and a place and significance and an impact on a, on a bigger platform. And we can't be who we are. We can't be here without your generosity. And so you help us in our mission. You help us be who God calls us to be. And I didn't choose to speak on generosity because I'm disappointed in our church's giving. I didn't choose to speak on generosity because I think it's something that we need to strong arm or manipulate you or you know, try to squeeze you for more or anything like that. In fact, it's quite the opposite. You know what? Our church continues to grow in generosity. I am so proud of this church. I'm so proud of the way that you respond and the way you step up. Every time there's a need, every time there's an opportunity, you step up in the most amazing ways. We have seen you step up when uh, there's people in our church sometimes go through an incredibly difficult circumstance. Sometimes we just have to share some of those stories and say they're, they're in a tough spot and we've got a benevolence fund and if you wanna give, you can give. And I've, I've had the pleasure of making phone calls. There are some days it's a really great thing to be a pastor. Not all days it feels like it's great to be a pastor, but there are some really good days. And there are really good days when you can call somebody up and you can say, we know that you're going through a hard time. But once you know the church took a collection on Sunday and I can tell them there's a check in the mail or there's, we have some finances that we can give them to help them. We can help them in a difficult moment. There have been so many times this church has stepped up for when we have missions and special projects. We've given missionaries brand new laptops that are using 10-year-old computers and we've sent guitars with missionaries so they can get them into their local churches overseas and all kinds of areas and opportunities that you help us in. Uh, a couple weeks ago, one of our young adults shared about her six-month missions posting in a Mexican orphanage. Uh, Kara came and shared two weeks ago. She's there now. And uh, she shared that 
what she's going to be doing. And, and we said, you know what, we'll pray for you. We'll, we'll cover you in prayer. We'll bless you. We'll send you off. Gave her some promo, uh, kind of just a few minutes to let her, let you guys know about her and told you if you wanted to support or get behind her and help that you could. And we'd be able to kind of direct that her way in one, uh, one payment. And, and, and you know what, as we have for so many people who go into missions throughout the time of year, it was a good moment to just pray over the life of a young person who's stepping out in faith, say, we're behind you. And uh, I was able to text Kara a couple days after she shared on the Sunday morning, I think it was a Wednesday morning, I texted her and she's actually just about to get out of town. And, and I said, hey, just want to let you know that uh, the church got in $1,000 for you, for your supplies. And uh, yeah, it's awesome. I think that's, that's worth um, she said she said that's enough to get any everything that she needs and so she's going to be there now and she's going to be teaching English and working with these kids in every single thing that she needs now she's got a missions account with that organization that she can access and she can get she can look after those kids she can bless them she can provide for them and her ministry and her time there is going to be that much more effective I think how significant how significant is it for our, our young adults and our young people who are so important to our community? You come on a Sunday night, there's 200 people here, two, over 200 people from the university rocking to Jesus, and it's awesome. And how good and amazing is it for them to be able to step out in faith and say, I want to follow Jesus, I want to go on missions, and to know that their church is praying for them and helping them. It's what we do. It's how we are better together. And I've seen it happen again and again. And you know why it's... Sorry for crying. You know why it's so good and why it's so important and why it's so encouraging? because we can look back over being here in ministry for years and see that God has been faithful every step of the way and God comes through and the generosity of God's people comes through. And sometimes you think, man, how are we ever gonna get to a bigger building and move forward and get to the next level as a community and keep going and keep momentum and keep, you know, how, and you think about what we are and where we are and what it means to get to, and you think, how are we ever gonna get there? And sometimes we look to all of the, like, the what-ifs and the future and the unknown and the challenges and we think, oh, I can't do it. I can't get there. But you know, when you look back and you say, God was faithful here. God was faithful here. God was faithful here. And he came through and he came through and he came through. It gives us courage and it gives us faith to keep going forward. And I know that it's true in your life and it's true for our community. Jesus continues to come through. His faithfulness continues to be with us. Uh, if you were around in December, you will know that we were making some financial updates. And 2018 was our most ambitious year yet. We had a budget of $452,000. That covers our lease and all the ministry costs and all, all the things that it takes for us to be here. And um, we plan for December to be a big giving month. And we needed $60,000 in December in order to hit our $452,000 budget mark. 
And we count on December as being bigger because we've seen in the last couple of years that that is just it, it, people, maybe that's year-end giving and before tax receipt season's over and they want to they get their giving in. And so we normally are around 30,000 in a month and that is a 60,000, it's a double month target for us to hit. And so we went into the first week of December and there's four weeks in December and the first week we brought in uh, in the offering $3,000. And um, I didn't know if we were going to make it. Because if we deductively do the reasoning and math and lead it out, that puts us in around $12,000, which puts us in a pretty difficult spot. And I didn't know what was going to happen. And But you know what? We just give those things over to Jesus. And um, I remember sharing that need to the church in mid-December. And... Um, our numbers are in, and I'm happy to report that we did it, that we made it. And not only did we hit $60,000, but we kicked it in the ass, and we hit $109,000 in our income. And... Uh, I feel silly for worrying about our offering in early December. God is so faithful. You guys did so amazing. I had a, I even had a, a check come in the mail. Like we don't get checks very often. Got a letter, opened it up, said, hey, we're not from Kelowna. We visited there on holidays. We love your church from another city, from another province. Here's a check for $6,000. And people just keep coming through and being generous. Now, this is really important, everybody. It doesn't mean that you don't have to give in January. <laughs> it does help us and put us in a good place for the year ahead and moving forward and vision. And we, we really do need to grow in our budget and our finances in order to keep moving forward and I'm just want to say thank you and um, just as generosity is an indicator of the temperature of our own soul our own spirit I think generosity is an indicator of the spiritual climate and soil and faith of a community so often Generosity is an indicator of growing faith and good things in store. And I would say this, that of every church that I've been a part of, of every church that I've seen, other churches even within our city, when I think of church communities that have life and purpose and forward momentum and are doing something for the kingdom and there's passion and there's like, you know, every one of those churches is always generous. You cannot find a church community who is on mission and doing something in the kingdom and moving forward that is not generous. It's a marker. There's something about it. And so it gives me great hope and great expectation for us, for our future and where we're going. And um, I am humbled 
I am humbled by the generosity of this church. And I would say that we get to participate in something great together. And um, thank you for being a part of us. Thank you for partnering with us and, and uh, being a part of the things that God is doing. And so I want to pray for us and just pray for our future and pray a prayer of faith. Would you, would you stand? We're, we're done. We're closed. I'm, I'm going to stop crying. Um, Jesus, I thank you for this community. I thank you for the individuals who continually step up who continually are generous. Jesus, thank you for providing our needs. Thank you for being faithful. Thank you for showing up and surpassing even our biggest hopes and expectations. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to have faith for a great future. Lord, we pray for a building, wherever it is, whatever it will be, however it will be paid for, however, it, Jesus, we pray for that with faith for awesome kids' ministry rooms and an awesome kitchen and a, a, a place to worship that's bigger than just a couple hundred people where we can have different services all together again. And Jesus, we pray for offices where we can do counseling and message prep and um, all these things. And Jesus, we know that you're so much bigger than a building and our problems are not about having a building or not. Help us to keep our priorities in focus. And we pray for faith and we keep believing, but in the meantime, we keep being generous, we keep sowing, we keep moving forward. And Lord, there are people in this community that are struggling in their finances. They're at the end. And I pray, God, that you would come through for them and there would be stories of breakthrough and stories of hope. Jesus, that there would be a spillback, a splashback, a, a, an investment of faith into their lives for them to keep going forward and to find a way. And Jesus, I pray that in every hard, difficult financial situation in our community that you would show up and there would be miracles. You can do it. You've done it. You're going to continue to do it. And Jesus, we look to you in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to Audio from the House. For more information or resources, visit us at thehouseonline.ca.